Are you suffering from poor decision-making skills, lack of self-confidence and self-esteem? Do you have impeded development of social, emotional, and sexual skills? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Rachel, and you might be suffering from religious trauma. I left evangelicalism and started a podcast. I talk about my experience with purity culture, why I left, and the journey afterwards. I'm happy you're here. Come along for the ride. Cheers to leaving. All right, everyone. Um, no doubt y'all know what this episode is about from the title. Um, I felt like in spite of recent events, I wanted to speak out about this simply because of the conversations that I have had with evangelicals on this uh, sensitive subject. So um, it's just me. It's just me this episode. Um, and I'm about two whiskey sours in, so let's fucking do it. Um, in light of the, the recent Texas abortion ban, I feel like, uh, I've had so many people, not so many, but a few people on my newsfeed just fucking applauding this. And again, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. If you, if, if, if you don't want to have an abortion, don't have one. If you don't like it, that's 100% valid. I'm not here to attack those people, but at the same time, I'm trying to get people to understand that this is not their choice. It doesn't have anything to do with them. It doesn't affect them in any way. You know, I mean, I mean, I feel like we all pretty much know what I'm talking about here. Um, I'm just, I'm just here to share my side of the story, but I'm, I'm sure if you follow me on Instagram, you saw that I was having a conversation with a fellow evangelical, which was kind of frustrating about how abortion is super traumatizing. And sure, it, it definitely can be a form of trauma to the body, but in comparison, I would say that it is actually very little trauma compared to actually giving birth and um, raising the child especially depending on who your partner is, that you had the child with in the first place. Um, I also want to touch on autonomy because, you know, dear God, um, I don't want to bring politics into this, but if, if we're going to advocate for autonomy, it needs to go across the board. And, you know, if all the anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers want to proclaim my body, my choice, it's like, sure, we get it. Uh, that's what we've been saying forever with our uteruses, you know, um, we want to have control over that. I can't even imagine, uh, being in Texas and being six weeks pregnant and having to somehow figure out that I was pregnant before that time. It's sort of impossible. Um, 
And yes, there are other methods. They're not always 100%. Um, but, you know, they can work. But I think the point is, is that it's just none of anyone's goddamn business. It's it's inconceivable, referencing Princess Bride, inconceivable to understand what anyone is going through, understand where they're at in their life, etc. And if you believe that life begins at conception, fine. Uh, don't have an abortion. Um that's completely fine. However, I am really sick of people and their beliefs to go on and on about the fact that life begins at conception when there really isn't any science to back it up. Um, and basic enough, the Bible is fine if, if, if you're just referring to your own life, but if you're referring to other people's lives and like trying to force your own biblical religious beliefs on or beliefs on people then it's like um that's that's where i draw the line you know um i don't i don't know what else to tell you and it's insane that you know it's been what since the 70s 40 50 years 40 years it's been 40 years since the 70s and since this was passed and it's like okay let's do something to protect this because i'm i'm sick of every five years someone challenging it and trying to revoke those rights on on women when it's 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 been a thing for forever um so anyway i'm gonna i'm gonna get right into it um i had an abortion and i induced a miscarriage before that. Um, I don't know if most of you know this. I haven't been super transparent about my story, but um, I gave birth at 20 to my daughter, Ava, who is almost nine years old now. And um, that was a very intense experience to go through at 20 with my now ex um, fiance, I guess. Um, it was a very stressful and interesting time. And I personally don't feel like I had the education or the skills or intelligence to make a decision about having a child at 19 when I found out I was pregnant. Um, and uh, kind of goes back to the fact that when I did find out, I had this very strong conviction being raised in purity culture and evangelicalism that I was not to take a life. So I made a very um, sort of like compromised decision to um, look into adoption. And I, I don't even think I was three months along at this point. But um, the thing that really influenced me was my ex and my mom and not doing that. Um, this is something that I really wanted because, again, I was 19, going on 20, understanding the fact that this is going to change my life forever, understanding the fact that I was a child myself, not really ready to give birth, and 
raise a child, especially because the relationship with my ex was so, um, well, it was emotionally and mentally abusive. And then once I did have my daughter, it turned physical, but just with that knowledge, like before I found out I was pregnant, I literally broke up with him. I broke up with him because I was sick of the bullshit. And then I found out I was pregnant and I had to like tell him. And then all of a sudden he wanted to be together. And you know, it's interesting too, side note, let me take a drink of my whiskey. Um, side note. I remember when I told him I was 19, I just, I think I was in my third semester of community college and he texted me and he goes, I'm sorry, I ruined your life. And it's not to say that children ruin your life, but if you're 19 years old, I had just auditioned for UMKC Conservatory of Music. I got in. I uh, I was planning on going for vocal performance. You know, I, I had really big dreams. Um, and we could spend time on how I was never taught sex ed, etc. Which is kind of the whole background of why this even happened in the first place. But we won't go there this time. Um, and, you know, I mean, frankly, he did ruin my life to an extent. You know, I'm just now starting to get anywhere close to where I wanted to be when I was 19 and I'm almost 30 now so thank you Christianity thank you evangelicalism and thank you purity culture I wouldn't be here today without you (laughs) um so anyway I'm not even sure where I was going, but that was my very first pregnancy. And I had my daughter, as most of you know, and I love her and she's great. And she and I have definitely grown up together. Um, And uh, her and me and her dad are obviously still involved in each other's lives. It's just, uh, provides a lot of complications for me in the real world in general. Um, so anyway, um, he and my mom really influenced me in, in not going the route of adoption. I, I initially was researching ways to get a hold of the abortion pill, but being 19 years old, not having a full-time job, which I definitely should have at 19, but my parents very much discouraged it. Um, I didn't have the funds to um, get my hands on an an abortion pill. Um, I also felt extreme guilt and shame involving that. And when I talked to my then boyfriend about it I felt extreme shame and guilt he even called me a bitch at one point because I said that I hope that I miscarry um and he didn't like that and so once I did end up telling my parents my mom didn't talk to me for a full three days um I was still living at home 
was the young sheltered 19 year old that I was and um after that you know we went and saw an ultrasound my mom got over her her own feelings and started to talk to me again and wanted to support me through it but I had already I think I was already about 13 weeks along and been harvesting this guilt and this shame and this extremely stressful point in my life of having to keep it a secret and having to take exams you know in community college while feeling insanely sick from morning sickness but not being able to tell anyone um so after my mom knew my boyfriend at the time knew um I just spilled my whiskey. It's fine though. It is fine. Just, uh, I'll just wipe that up there. It's all good. We Gucci. Um. Oh, anyway, I expressed to the lady I was seeing for counseling at that time that I wanted to explore adoption and she gave me resources to do that and I remember sitting in a Panera trying to discuss it with my mother and her telling me that if I give the baby up for adoption that she felt cheated out of a grandchild so once again she made it all about her and I remember also trying to tell my ex at the time uh, that I also was considering adoption and he also was a very devout Christian and was like well I, I don't accept that like if anything like you should have the baby and we should give it to my mom and my mom and I can raise it and I was like well no I'm not doing that like either we're doing it or we're not and so after this extreme uh, you know pressure I decided that I, I guess I was just gonna keep it and I remember like the last month of pregnancy, it really hitting me that this was gonna be a lifelong commitment and that I was barely 20 and I was freaked the fuck out. And it's, it's not what I wanted, but I was extremely pressured into it. So um, moving on from that, uh, we can move into the fact that I stayed with my ex for a while like like we broke up for a time maybe the first year of my daughter's life and then we tried to get back together and make it work um, I was on birth control at the time but in my opinion I was definitely fertile myrtle and um, if I didn't take my birth control pill exactly when I was supposed to each day there was a huge chance that I could get pregnant and I did I um, I found out that I was pregnant again and I knew down in my heart I I knew my boyfriend would marry me but I was like I don't want this there's nothing about this that I want at all I don't want to get married to this man I do not want to have two babies with this man I do not want to be pregnant again you know I'm barely a year or so postpartum and my first pregnancy, since I was so incredibly stressed, was um, it. I didn't stop bleeding for a long time. Ended up about 13 weeks, and I had to have a DNC, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. It it, it just was a real long haul, 
I even had placenta stuck inside me for a while, ended up in a fever. And, and I was just like, I want to work on myself. You know, I had developed hyperthyroidism after having my daughter and I was so fucking young that it was just like, I don't, I'm, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready to make a decision on any level of whether I want to have a, a, another baby with this guy that I don't even know if I want to marry and whether or not I want to have another baby at all. Um, so this time I did some homemade research and I found that if you take enough vitamin C, it will cause your uterus to contract. So I eventually gave myself uh, a induced miscarriage and um, I ended up telling my ex that I had a miscarriage because it was so painful uh, physically not not mentally I mean emotionally it was conflicting because again I took a break from Christianity but I hadn't completely left it um, and, and I've my body felt kind of sad I guess I, I felt I still kind of felt like I was doing something wrong. Um, and I ended up successfully passing that pregnancy. And it was very early on and somehow the vitamin C worked. And um, it doesn't always work, but for me it did because I had a pre- positive pregnancy test. I, I passed a lot of, of tissue and then... And then it was done. I moved on with my life. Um, So fast forward, I break up with my then boyfriend and it wasn't going to work. Fast forward to me a couple years later being in a relationship with someone after about a year and a half of being single, trying to get healthy, trying to like figure out what I wanted, what healthy sex looked like, what birth control looked like, all the, all this stuff. And, um, I was on birth control, but I was really bad at taking it at the same time each day. And, um, I found out about a year and a half into my relationship that I was in at the time with my partner, um, that I was pregnant and I felt very conflicted because I was only 23, 24 maybe at this point and I had only been with this guy about a year and a half maybe and in the beginning of our relationship, the first five months, my dad died of cancer, it was really hard, all this stuff and um I was really conflicted about this one because I was very much involved with this partner. I I really cared about him. I really loved him. And I definitely saw way more of a future with him than I ever had with anyone else. And um, I guess, I, I mean, we talked about it and he did give me the option. He was like, you know what, if you like really want to have this baby like it's fucking your choice like this is your body this is your 
you know, it's, it's your decision ultimately. He definitely gave me his opinion, but he's like, I'm going to support you. I'm going to be there for you. I, I want you to, this to be your decision too, but here's, here's what I think, but ultimately it's your body and it's up to you, which I had never had that kind of freedom before, you know, like I was, I was so used to being told what I should do, what I should feel, etc. And my partner at the time really just left the ball in my court. He was like, I'm going to tell you what I want, but at the same time, this is your decision, your body, you know, you let me know what you want to do. So I was living with my mom at the time because when my dad passed away, I, I was living in my own apartment, but I went to visit my aunt in uh, Durango, Colorado and ended up breaking my kneecap. And I also was laid off from my job. So I, um, so I wasn't able to work or drive for a while. <laughs> and so I ended up moving back in with my mom for that time being because she was a mess after my dad passed away, my stepdad passed away from cancer. Um, and it was a really hard time, but, um, I remember the morning very well. We had to wake up really early, um, to go and it, it wasn't uncommon for, uh, my boyfriend and I to go rock climbing, you know? We did that a lot. It was kind of our thing. We did it outdoors, indoors. And so I had told my mom that I was going to be getting up early and I was going to go rock climbing and Jonathan was going to pick me up. And um, so that morning, that's what we did. Uh, he, he picked me up and it was about 7 a.m. My mom wasn't awake yet and I left the house and I got in the car and we drove to Overland Park to a Planned Parenthood. And I remember when we got out of the car, there was protesters holding signs, just like screaming at me. And one of the volunteers came out and kind of put their arm around me and made sure I was safe and walked me into the clinic. Um, and I remember just kind of checking in and telling them what we wanted. And I remember waiting fucking ever um and it was I actually wrote it down it was Saturday April 1st of 2017 um we left at 7.20 a.m. and um the place was full and loud but also quiet I remember looking around at all the different faces and just I mean, not everyone was there for an abortion. Some were there for health care. Some were there for other reasons. Um, but I remember it just kind of being a weird atmosphere. I mean, there was people yelling outside and protesting, and then there was people just trying to be quiet inside and just, like, really sitting with their decision and what was about to happen. Um, I honestly couldn't believe it that I was there. It was something that I had been taught to hate my entire life, and it was something that I had been taught was a very, very bad place my entire life. At this point, 
I don't know what had happened, but they weren't allowing partners back there with you. So it was kind of a very alone experience that you had to go through all by yourself. Um, and my boyfriend really wanted to come back with me and be there for me, but I guess in the past reactions had been really bad and um, they weren't allowing that anymore. So I was called, I signed a lot of papers and then I went and sat back down and waited again. Um, I was watching infomercials and the Batman movie that came out 12 years ago came on and I tried to find comfort in watching that. Batman was like a huge thing for me and my dad, my stepdad. Um, so my name was called again along with two other women. I was led to another waiting room, smaller than the other one. And the lady to my left sat there silently and she started vomiting in a bag, which was very unsettling, honestly. Um, we were all there for the same reason. Um, I felt kind of sick when I saw her throwing up and also kind of annoyed, like, you know, get it together kind of thing. Like, like we're all here for the same reason and I'm composing myself, you know, why aren't you kind of thing. Um, I waited, my mind was racing, watching women shuffle back and forth from the waiting room. My name was called again. I went back to the lab where I was weighed and finger pricked. My blood pressure was low, my pulse fast. Listening to the women gossip about each other was interesting. They were talking about gossip among the clinic and just kind of acting like I, I wasn't even there, which was kind of weird for me. Um, and then I went back to the waiting room and the next woman who took me was tall and dark skinned long hair, long eyelashes. It was a low lit room and there was a sonogram machine. And I climbed onto the table. The screen was faced away from me and I pulled up my shirt. The nurse then, jelly, I don't know what it's called, um, on my stomach and uh, was searching for the fetus and um, she took some photos and when she was done she asked if I wanted to see them and I told her I really didn't want to see them because I thought it would just make it harder um, and then after they took the photos and they got the ultrasound they asked me you know if I wanted to see them, if I was sure, all this stuff. You know, it's things that they tell you when you go to, like, pro-life conferences. Apparently, like, abortion clinics don't do. But in my experience, Planned Parenthood made it actually very hard for me to have an abortion. Um, they made sure I, I, you know, I had access to see the baby. They made sure I had plenty of time to sit and think about, you know, my decision and when I was sitting there waiting thinking about this 
the decision. I remember having such anxiety and it, it was so agonizing because it was like, can we just fucking do this? Like, I'm here by myself. I'm in this room. I had to go back into another room after the sonogram and meet with this doctor. The abortion doctor was very old. Like, so old that I was, like, literally concerned. And I remember texting my friend and being like, what the fuck? You know? And she was like, honestly, most uh, doctors who do give abortions are older because it's kind of like a dying thing. Because abortion doctors can get assassinated. They can, you know, it, it's, it's just not a job people strive after anymore. So a lot of them are older. And while that did make me feel better, this abortion doctor was very, very old. And um, I just, I remember it freaking me out even more. Because, obviously. Um, so... Um, After I met with the doctor, he just wanted to make sure that I was sure that I wanted this decision, etc. So I feel like I was asked at least three separate times that what I wanted was correct. So that's also something they don't tell you in those uh, pro-life conferences is that actually Planned Parenthood really makes sure that you want to do what you want to do. So then I waited there for a little while longer and I remember texting my friend and asking her what I should do about the immense anxiety that I was feeling, if I was doing the right thing. You know, um, this was also someone who had grown up uh, evangelical Christian and had a very strong stance on abortion like I did at that point about how it was a woman's right despite what we were taught. And I remember them telling me to name five things I can see, five things I can smell, five things I can hear, and um, to keep doing that till I got to one, and it would really calm me down. And um, eventually I was taken back to this room that had many different chairs slash uh, hospital beds. I don't really know how to describe it, Um, but I remember having to take off all my clothes and putting on a hospital gown and having to go out and sit one of the, in one of those chairs slash hospital beds and being given Valium and having to sit there and wait until I was called back. And it was a while. Um, I, I sat there for at least 20 to 30 minutes and, um, maybe about every 10 to 15 minutes, I, I saw a woman come out from the, the, the place where the, the abortion was happening. And that was an experience in itself. Cause I, I couldn't quite read their faces except that they looked defeated and, they they just look spent and um i'm just gonna take a drink of my whiskey one moment please so then um at at one at one point it was time for my my turn so i was taken back there i had the most wonderful nurses just absolute fucking gems. 
of human beings. Like they were, they were there to go through it with me, you know, like they were holding my hand. They were like, look at me, talk to me, squeeze my hand, like do whatever you need to do. I'm here for you. And, um, this room was so brightly lit. It was like fluorescence everywhere and I fucking hate fluorescence. So I was in a fluorescent room. All the nurses were female and the doctor was super fucking old. And um, I had to put my legs in stirrups, kind of like you do for, um, fuck, what's it called? A pap smear. Thank you, Rachel. Um, and uh, I had to scoot all the way down, kind of like you do in a pap smear too, like in your hospital gown, but like your butt's on like the edge and you just gotta, you gotta really make those legs wide. And, um, then after that, uh, there was this, this suction thing and, and the doctor looked at me and explained to me every single thing that was going to happen. And I remember before the suction thing, the nurse was holding my hand. She was telling me that everything was going to be fine and that I can squeeze her hand and she's here for me. And the doctor was explaining to me every single thing that he was doing through the entire process. Um, and even though his hands were shaky as fuck, he managed not to be shaky the entire procedure. It was fucking weird. Um, and after he, he put something on my cervix to open it up so we could go inside my uterus, he just kind of vacuumed it out. And about the time that I that I had this procedure, I was about nine weeks along. And um, he sucked it out and it, it, it wasn't painless, <laughs> but it honestly wasn't that bad compared to, um, you know, childbirth. So um, it was over pretty quickly. And once I was done, I was able to get up and, and walk back out, um, but they have to ask you if you actually want to see, um, we'll call it the fetus, but it, it wasn't, it was literally, and I don't mean this insensitively, it was quite literally a clump of cells. And um, I said, yeah, I, I do want to see it. I'm weird like that. I, I want to see things for closure. And so I, I went into the other room where the vacuum had kind of dumped everything out in and it, it just looked like, it, it didn't really look like anything. It just kind of looked like a weird science experiment. And um, I, was, I was pretty satisfied with that. And I, I went back and I laid there for a little while longer. They just made sure I was okay. I got dressed. I went back out to the lobby where my partner was. And... Um, he helped me get in the car. I, I will say that I, I did bleed a lot for the next week or two, and it was very uncomfortable. But um, we went and got brunch afterwards, which is my literally my favorite meal. And um, I, I was uncomfortable and sitting just because I don't know what they put on your cervix, but I, I assume it doesn't close up right away and so everything else was just sort of like flooding out and you know I I had 
pain meds and um, all of this, all of this I had done while at my mom's house and I never told my mom and I never, she never fucking knew. And it's kind of fucking insane that that she never did and that she never suspected anything. Um, so not only did I have to have an abortion, I had to do it in secret from basically anyone that I knew um, except my partner. And my partner paid for everything. He drove me there. He drove me home. He made sure that I was... 100% comfortable and that it was 100% my decision, which is completely different from, you know, my boyfriend at fucking 19. So, um, I, I didn't bleed that long and I healed up just fine. I, I feel compelled to tell this story because the people that I've talked to recently love to just fucking blast that you know, people regret it. And it's like, how do you know? On what fucking authority do you know? You know? Like, how do you know women regret it? How do you know it's more traumatizing than childbirth? How do you know any of this stuff? Oh, wait, you don't. And I feel so restricted because I, I don't feel like I can just put this story out there and, and say, you know what? I had one and I was fine. I was fucking fine. And I I literally think my relationship with my partner survived because of this decision. And it ended up benefiting me and my living and breathing child, you know? And it also benefited my partner. You know, I, I don't know what he would have done at 23, 24, you know, having to support another baby you know I I know we could have done it I just the point was is that it was my choice it was my fucking choice to do this and I didn't want to go through it again and I didn't want to start a relationship like that again and I don't think there's anything wrong with it there's nothing fucking wrong with the fact that I made that choice you know Uh, no one's worse off because of it if anything everyone's better fucking off and I think what made it so hard was because I was raised in this evangelical environment where pro-life was the only option, you know? It was just, it was the only choice. It was what people did. It was murder. It's literally a decision between, well, if you're already a single mom, for one, another mouth to feed, another expense, all this stuff, like... Like, you could literally make you and your child's life worse for choosing to have another baby. And I'm I'm not judging anyone who does choose to have another baby. I'm just saying, that's the fucking truth. That's where I was at. And I think it's completely valid not to want to start another relationship where I'm entering into a, a, a marriage or a... Or I'm committing because I'm pregnant, you know? Like, we don't have to deal... I mean, both of our parents were conservative Christians. They would have flipped their fucking shit, you know? When talking to these individuals about how they think, like, oh, well, bringing life into the world is just... 
oh my God, it's just, it's a fucking gift. And it's like, sure, if you choose that, if you don't fucking choose it, then it's not a gift. It's a fucking burden. And it's, it could possibly make you resentful. And it can possibly make you the shittiest fucking parent ever. And it could possibly make you spiral. And it can make you not ever live the life that you ever fucking wanted to live. And saying it's a fucking consequence for having sex, it's like, get the fuck out. It's not. You should be able to have sex and not have to consent every single time you're getting pregnant. Like... And I remember having a conversation. I don't know if you saw my Instagram of, uh, well, I actually don't know if I posted this, but that, that conversation I was having with this person from an evangelical, uh, home church background saying, you know, arguing with me about how traumatizing abortion is, even though they've never had a baby or had an abortion. I've had both. Um, but I can't tell her that. I mean, I guess I could, um, but I'm trying to talk about this in a safe place. Um, but this person said, planned, her, planned Parenthood says, quote, get an abortion and it will go away, end quote. But what if the poor girl is traumatized afterwards? It's like, okay, um, what if the poor girl is traumatized with being pregnant and having a baby? Like, I don't understand that fucking logic. And also, like, Planned Parenthood actually doesn't say get an abortion, it will go away. It's just a fucking option, and it's a fucking medical procedure. And I remember asking uh, her, too, like, okay, so uh, maybe you won't accept it for the fact that if, if someone just has sex, the man accidentally comes inside of her, she gets pregnant and she isn't ready for it. So if, if you're not on board with that, what about um, children being raped by family members or other people? You're going to force them to have a baby instead of allowing them to get an abortion? And they were like, well, that would just traumatize them more if they had an abortion. And I was like, you're full of shit. Um, I feel like having your uncle's child and then having to either give it up for adoption or raise it would traumatize you. Like, I'm just going to say now as someone who's had a child, it changes you mentally and physically and emotionally. Like it is one of the biggest things in the fucking world to choose to have children. And it's such a huge stress on your body. Like my body hasn't been the same since I was 20 and I was not prepared for that. You know, <laughs> only one man had ever seen me before I had a baby. And it just makes me so sad because I'm like, damn, I used to look really fucking good, you know? Um, so it's like, besides that, like that you have to accept about yourself. And if you don't, you don't love that idea, then it's a huge expense. Oh my God. It's a huge expense. And like giving your baby up for an Adoption, like, like for me, I was prepared as like a mindset going into my pregnancy that this is an option and that like if I stuck to this mindset, like I'd be able to do it. But like, it's so fucking hard. I knew women that 
did give up their babies for adoption and like they were not over it you know like they were not okay after that like it was so fucking hard and this person that I talked to the other day was like well they don't have to raise the baby and I'm like I don't think you fucking understand what it is to make a life inside of your body and then go and give it to someone else like how fucking dare you you know to assume that of someone and to assume that it's easy and to assume that it's not complicated and to assume that it's not just maybe the hardest thing you've ever done and to not struggle with feelings about it later like oh my god I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Shrill but Shrill has uh, I think it's on Hulu and it has the most perfect abortion situation that I've ever witnessed in a TV show and she basically gets pregnant with this guy that she's just casually sleeping with. We've all been there. Well, not all of us, but you know what I mean. We've been there. We get it. Um, and her friend is like, I mean, she wants an abortion. She doesn't fucking know what to do. She doesn't know this guy like that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So her friend's like, I'm going to go with you. We're going to do this thing. She has an abortion and she comes home and she fucking feels great. She's fine. She went through it. She's working through the emotions. And, like, it's something that she wanted to do. And she is, like, okay with this decision. And I, I feel like anytime we see things about abortion in movies, they're never like that. But that is how mine was, though, too. You know, it was like, I remember when I did first get pregnant at 19 years old. And I know I'm bouncing around a lot, and I'm sorry, but... Um, I remember going to this place called Rachel's House, which is ironic because it's my fucking name. Um, but I remember going to this place called Rachel's House and my friend suggested it. My very Christian evangelical friend whom I told before my parents that I was pregnant and they were like, you need to go to Rachel's house. So I went. They didn't come with me, but I took another friend with me. And they found out that I was only about six weeks along, which in Texas, you know, is... Um, the cutoff for getting an abortion but I didn't even have morning sickness yet like if I wasn't super good about monitoring my periods I wouldn't have known for a fucking long time you know um this lady after she takes a pee test figures out about how far along I am takes me and my friend into this room and turns on this video and it is the most disgusting fucking video I've ever seen um it's basically them showing all kinds of different abortions it's like it's like it's like showing babies getting ripped out of the womb it's also showing like um the most traumatic things that could possibly happen over abortion and this lady's sitting there staring at me and she's like what if this is the only baby you can ever have like like what about that i'm fucking 19 years old you know what i mean like i have like 20 years of reproducing ahead of me and like what about me what about my life what about my fucking hopes and dreams you know what about what about me who's fucking here and living and breathing and so she shows us this horrific video about all these terrible things that happen during abortion freaks me out asks me all these weird questions like what if it's the only child i ever have blah 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 blah, blah. and then they take you into a room and are like um Here's an ultrasound so you can see your baby's heartbeat, which 
if we look into science, is not technically a baby's heartbeat. It's electrical, you know, reactions and the cervical, not cervical, oh my God, circulatory system, whatever. You guys know what I'm talking about. But it's not a fucking heartbeat, you know? Electrical response. And so um, after that, you know, you're like, oh shit, I can't abort this baby. You know, your manipulative ways worked on me. I have to keep it or I have to like keep it enough to at least put it up for adoption because I don't have to raise it. I just have to birth it, you know, (laughs) we're all pro birth here. So um, that was my uh, one and only experience with the crisis pregnancy center, which Christians love to advertise as the holier than thou place to go when you are pregnant and don't know what to do. You know, I'm not going to pretend that having an abortion isn't something that you will forget, but I'm also not going to pretend that it is not the best option for your life at the, at the time that, you know, I mean, you did what you needed to do at that, at that moment in your life, you know, um, I'm, I'm never going to be in a position to tell someone what to do as is no one in the position to tell someone else what to do. You know, uh, it's fucking complicated and it's hard and it's the most, uh, crazy thing you might ever do as a woman or someone with a uterus because, uh, it's, It's such a huge commitment to bring a life into the world. And I don't believe life begins at conception, you know? I mean, even in fucking Genesis, what do they say? Life begins when when someone takes their first breath. And I I never really believe life begins at conception, but I also did argue with people who believed in abortion way back in the day when I was a very devout evangelical believer as i try to tell people anytime they argue with me about abortion that is so fucking complex and it is so delicate and it is so individually you know uh exclusive that it's like how can you fucking tell someone what they should or shouldn't do and like totally act like that life that's maybe six weeks along in their body is somehow more important than the person who's fucking living and breathing right now. I mean, I'm so fucking sick of them attacking women's rights and I'm so fucking sick of them acting like it's just some sort of thing that fucking lawmakers who don't even understand how science and uteruses and and, and procreation works. It's like, okay... Have your own fucking personal beliefs. It's not your fucking job to tell people what they can and can't do. And I know, and I I know this isn't just strictly related to evangelicals, but dear God, it fucking stems from Christianity and evangelicals and this, like, they've just made it their fucking mission and they're, they're willing to be like, oh my God, I'm such a fucking martyr for abortion. I'm just going to advocate for the unborn. It's like, I mean, I remember having to tell people around three months old, three months old, three months along that I was 
pregnant. And I remember the fucking backlash I got from the entire evangelical community, from the entire like Christian friends that I knew. And I remember my ex, literally nothing, nothing because he wasn't growing. He, he wasn't having anything to do with me. I mean, like there was just no fucking repercussions for him. He wasn't going to lose his job or he didn't need to take a break off work. You know what I mean? So like, and it just goes back to this thing that I saw forever ago where it's not pro-life, it's pro-birth. And that's the thing. You just want it to be born. The fact that someone was like, oh, well, this 13-year-old who was raped by their uncle doesn't have to raise it. Okay, so what do you think happens to that baby? And I do understand as an ex-evangelical where that comes from, but the the audacity that Christians and evangelicals have to tell people what they like especially something like a child like a child is no fucking joke and some people should not be parents but it's just like the fact that you think you have the right to tell someone whether or not they should or shouldn't have the child is fucking bonkers like I'm okay you know, uh, so many people tell me women are so broken and traumatized and all this stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. I don't feel safe to tell them that I have had an abortion. I'm completely fine because it's not a safe environment. But I want to tell them so bad. Like, you know, it, it's not this horrendous experience. Is it an experience? Yes, absolutely. It is an experience. It's something you're not going to forget. But um, it's not something you're going to regret for the rest of your life. It's something you did for you. And yes, it was a potential human. But it, 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 it doesn't mean that you just like killed someone's life and world as like Christians try to put it, you know? It's I hate this prioritizing this potential human being over one that is already living and breathing and has a fucking life and family and friends and all these potential opportunities. It's like, why are we just erasing that for something that could or could not live? That's fucking insane. My my main message today with, with sharing my story is just that Women are okay, like we're resilient, we're strong, and and trying to compare an abortion with birth and raising a child, there is no comparison. And I'm not trying to say that it, it doesn't affect women at times when they have an abortion. I'm, I'm just saying it's completely dependent on someone's own experience. You can't just make it across the board that women are fucked up from having abortions. Some women are grateful, some women are fine, and some women might feel regret. Some women might feel not okay. But do they not feel okay because you told them it wasn't okay? Or do they not feel okay because they maybe didn't want to have an abortion? You know what I mean? Like I feel like when Christians and evangelicals try to tell us that like uh women who had abortions were like not okay. Is because they fucking made them feel that way. You know, it's like, oh, well, you probably told them it was like the deepest, horriblest sin to like commit murder. So of course they feel like shit, Stacy, you know? <laughs> um, and I don't know if that's what's happening, but I just, I hate this fucking narrative where it's like, 
oh, well, women who have abortions are like not fine. They're not okay. And uh, they deeply regret it for the rest of their lives. And it's like, actually, you're wrong because I am, I, I don't regret it. And I'm not fucked up. And as much as it is a part of my story, I've never felt like I needed to go and seek healing from it because I made the best decision in that time that I felt like I needed to make. And I'm okay with it. So that's my story. Um, I feel like I don't have any more points. <laughs> Thanks for listening to me ramble for like an hour. I had an abortion and I'm okay. And I feel like that's, that's what I would love to tell everyone on uh, social media or in my groups, but I don't feel safe to do that. So I'm telling you all, banning abortion isn't going to do shit. And all it's going to do is prevent people from making the best decisions that they can for themselves in their lives and with their partner. And it's none of your goddamn business, Texas. So you can fuck right off. Um. <laughs> anyway, um, I appreciate you guys listening to this episode. I hope it was okay. <laughs> It was a, it was my first solo episode and I feel decent about it, but I'm also kind of drunk. So who knows how I feel in the morning? Um, like message me or something and just be like, Hey, it was cool to hear you say that because I'm also feeling super insecure and vulnerable while sharing this information with you. But, um, you know, I appreciate you all and I love you and it, it's going to be fine. We're going to get through this together. <laughs> uh, feel free. Feel free to share any other stories you might have in regards to abortion or a hard decision you had to make. Like this is a safe place. And I hope with me being vulnerable with you that you will feel okay to be vulnerable with me. So I will see you guys next time. Love you, bye. Well, please find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cheers to Leaving. Um, Please send me any messages of any topics you guys would like to hear um, or people to have on. I would love to hear your feedback and just know that you're out there. Um, please subscribe and rate us or rate me on iTunes um, so I can start, you know, getting maybe little more popular but I appreciate you know the few who listen to me and I'm here for you and I love you and we'll see you next time <laughs>